Well, praise the Lord. I pray that you had a wonderful Christmas day, uh, Christmas Eve, and, and that, that the spirit of the season was in your home this year. I want to pray this morning. I don't want to pray for the body of Christ. As we, as we pass Christmas, and I love it because, you know, we, we're, we're trying to put Christ back into Christmas. But as, as, we, as we finish this weekend out, this Christmas weekend out, today is Sunday, I just felt the urge to pray for the entire body of Christ worldwide. Father, you put all things under the feet of our Savior Jesus and, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which we are, his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We were dead in our trespasses and our sins, but you made us alive in Jesus Christ. Christ is our peace. When we talk about peace on earth and goodwill towards men, it is the, the peace that only Jesus Christ brings. And we no longer are strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God around the world. It may be called by di different names. It may be of a different denomination. It may be of a different belief, but we are all children of God. Father, you want us to grow up to know the whole truth and tell it in its entirety. Love, like Christ, is in everything. We take our lead from our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the source of everything we do. We keep us in, in, in step with one another. His very breath and his very blood flows through each and every one of us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in you, O oh Lord, robust in the love of Jesus and the love for one another. May we be filled as we go forth, ending this year and beginning a new year. Maybe we, may we be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding of one another. As the elect of God, holy and beloved, we put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If we have a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave us, so we also must do. Above all things, Lord God, we, we put on love which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in the hearts of all mankind, to which also we are called in one body. And we are so, so thankful. In Jesus' name, I pray those blessings of, of peace upon you as we pass this Christmas and into a new year. We will begin 
in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah 9, 6. As we read through the Bible, it's evident that God desires to have a relationship with all of his people. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, we find God walking in the cool of the day with Adam. Well, after, However, after sin entered into Eden, we see mankind being expelled from the garden and separated from the from the very friendship of God. Throughout the Old Testament, we see God trying to cause a nation of Israel to come to a place in their walk with him that, that they could enjoy his fellowship. That's why we were created to have fellowship with our Heavenly Father. But over and over and over again, the nation of Israel backslides from the covenants of God, and they too are separated from him due to their sin. For 3,600 years of mankind's history, God attempts to have a relationship with them, but over and over and over again, mankind fails him. <clears throat> so for the next 400 years, there is silence between the Old Testament and the New. It appears that God has stopped talking. It appears that he is no longer in, interested in having a relationship with humanity at all, except for one verse of the prophecy of Isaiah that we have read. This prophecy promises that a son would be born who would be the mighty God, the everlasting father. This one scripture expresses the desire and the promise of God to enter into a place with mankind whereby he could have a relationship with them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, if you turn there, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You see, Satan is the God of this world. Yes, I'm going to say it again. The devil is the God of this world. For we are not of this world. We are not of this kingdom, but we are of the kingdom of God. This is why people are bound by their sin. As we read the book of Genesis and Eden account, we see that mankind was separated from the presence of, of Almighty God. Mankind would never be able to enter again into the place of communion with God. Satan now owned the souls of all of humanity. But I need you to understand something here. And that is that God loves his people. That's right. God loves his people. And you, yes, you know who I'm talking to. You are one of God's people. He formed Adam from the dust of the earth and he blew the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam. He created Adam and Eve for the purpose of having a relationship, a personal relationship 
with them. The same as today, when we say that you must have a personal relationship with your Savior, Jesus Christ, that's what Jesus wants. He wants to love you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to heal you. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, wherefore by uh, one man sinner entered, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all mankind for that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But now because of one man's sin, you need to understand this. Man's sin not only alienated mankind from God, but more importantly, it alienated God from mankind. God created us, mankind, so he could have a relationship with him and with you, male and female. People get it, people kind of get messed up on the word mankind. That means everyone, men, women, and child. So God created all of mankind so he could have a personal relationship with them. You and I are here because he desires to have a relationship with each and every one of us. So for thousands of years, God stands knocking on a door, knocking on the door with nobody answering. He tries to enter back in through the ark. He tries to enter back through Abraham and his seed. He tries to enter in with the giving of the tabernacle in the wilderness. He tried to enter into Solomon's temple. But no matter how God, God tried, no matter what obstacles he moved for the nations of Israel and Judah, they were not to turn back to him. So he begins formulating a plan whereby he can enter back into the relationship with mankind. There's only way, one way in. You see, Satan is now the god of this world. Adam was given dominion over it. But he gave that dominion to Satan when he, when he obeyed Satan's lie and ate of the forbidden tree of the garden. So if man can't get to where God is, then God has to go where mankind is. So God says to Satan, let me in. But Satan says there's only one way in. There's no special allowance because you're God. So there's only one way in, and it's through the womb. But like every other human being, you must come through the womb. So you see, Satan is crafty. He knows that if he can get God to robe himself in flesh and become a human being, then he can have him killed. And if God is killed, then Satan can be God forever, for all eternity. But if that's the only way in, then God describes, decides, I'm going to take that one way in. I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, my only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever should believe it thought of him would have eternal life. But if that's the only way in, then God decides to do it. Now, I'm paraphrasing this whole bunch right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, Isaiah's prophecies. Isaiah 9, 6, 4, and 2, us, us, U.S., us, a child is born, and to us a son is given, 
for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and that the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So God begins to formulate a plan, and the only way God and man is ever going to be re reunited is if God becomes part of this world. Man tried to be like God in the Garden of Eden, but the trick of Satan failed. So now the only way it can work is if, if we have Jesus Christ walking the face of this planet in human flesh. Isaiah prophecy is in 9.6. Isaiah 9.6, again, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Some people get confused here. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This Son, some would call him the Son of Man. Others would call him the Son of God. All of them would be right. For in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we read, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If you want in God, you have to come through the flesh. You have to become vulnerable. God became vulnerable for you and I in the form of his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit of God impregnates a young engaged virgin by the name of Mary and soon and soon a little baby boy is born venerable frail tiny small if it weren't for his mother and father he might starve if it weren't for the swaddling clothing he might freeze but as frail as he is as vulnerable as he is as tiny as he is He's in. He's in. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and the womb of a young virgin, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is born. But as soon as he gets here, someone is out to kill him. Herod engaged, enraged with the thought of this prophecy, or prophesied ruler, excuse me, of the of the Jews may someday take his throne, kills thousands upon thousands of children in an attempt to also kill Jesus. But warned by an angel in the night, Joseph takes the child to Egypt. We don't hear much about him now until he's about 12 years old. That's the next time we hear about him. One of the first things we hear about him is his mother and his father are frantically looking for him one day. They've lost him. They fear him lost or killed, but they find him teaching the Jewish leaders and people in the temple. Imagine, 12 years old. In Luke chapter 2, verse 42, And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. Verse 43, and when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child, Jesus, tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. 
They were petrified. Verse 44, but they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Now the Jewish people, the Jewish people had for centuries so grieved the Holy Spirit that they had stopped speaking to them. But now in the midst of these men, God shows up and he says, hey, can I come in? Can I teach you today at the age of 12? Can I explain a few things about myself that you may not understand? Did they receive, did they receive Jesus' teachings? No, in fact, from that day on, religious rulers were out to kill him. But God was at their church that day saying, let me in. Let me into your worship. Let me into your prayers. Let me into the, to, to the shallow understanding of the one true living God. Let me in. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But they didn't want him there. <clears throat> so he went to the only people who would listen. He went looking for some sinners. He went looking for some old cussing fishermen. He went looking for old thieving tax collectors. He went looking for uh, some much hated politicians. He went looking for sinners of all kinds. They didn't want him in Bethlehem, the city of David. They didn't want him in the church house. So now he's going to some old sinner Jews. People say all the time, I found religion. I found God. You need to understand something today. You didn't find anything. It found you. And he's standing here today saying to you, today, through this broadcast, let me in your heart and in your soul, in your mind. Don't think for one moment that you really have anything to do with all of this. All you did was receive his precious gift. All you did was to yield your heart to him. All you did was to repent of your sins. So now it appears that a few people are listening to him. He teaches them on the hillsides. He teaches them from small ship while they stand on the beach. He even says to a sinner tax collector named Zacharias, let me into your home. And Zacharias does exactly that. But there is one place he was never expected to go. There was one place no God-fearing Jew would ever consider going. In fact, they would walk completely around Samaria if they had to travel somewhere. The Samaritans were half Jew. They were the race that gave up their birthright. They were the ones who became confused as to who or what they worshipped. So the, so the Jews avoided them like the plague. But Jesus wants inside Samaria. You see, God was not only wanting to restore his relationship with the promised Jewish nation, but he wanted to restore his relationship with all nations. And that couldn't happen until the bloodline of Abraham had been restored. And the Samaritan people were part of that bloodline. So the only way into Samaria is a five-time divorcee. 
The only way to get the leaders of the city to listen to him is to fill the head and the heart of a woman who had no hope with a hope beyond her belief. He tells her everything. He knows about her that she never told anybody. Why? Because he is the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can't hide anything from God, no matter how much you try. When I say these things, I always want you to remember the Trinity. The whole time that Christ is sitting there talking to her, he's saying to, to this lady of the Samaria, let me in. Let me in. I know you've been alienated from the nation of Israel, but let me in. I know you've lost your birthright, but let me in. But he's not finished. For my friend, you see, God was not only going to be satisfied with being worshipped in the temple. He was not going to be satisfied being worshipped in Samaria. He told this woman at the well that day that true worshipers, listen to me, true worshipers would worship him in spirit and in truth. Say that with me, in spirit and in truth. What does that mean to worship him in spirit? What does it mean to worship him in truth? There's only one place that the spirit worships from. There's only one place that truth comes from, and it's from the heart of all mankind. Every man, woman, and child must open that heart. And when you open your heart, that's when the truth shines through. It's in the heart and the soul of all mankind. You see, Jesus Christ, the Heavenly Father, wants to dwell within your very soul, in the hearts of all mankind. In John chapter 14, verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth. They're talking about Jesus here. He dwelleth with you and shall be in you and shall be in you. I hear the spirit louder now today than ever before. And it's more crucial right now than ever before. I hear the Spirit of God today saying to someone, let me in your heart. Open up and let me in. Jesus is calling. I sing a song like that. Jesus is calling me now. Isn't it time to open the door of your heart to him today? Isn't it time to say to him, come on in, Lord God. You are the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. You are the, the bride and the morning's child. You are the lion of the tribe. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it time that you opened your heart to Jesus? When I see this little baby, I see, I see our Heavenly Father saying, let me in. Let me in. When I see the boy in the temple, I see God saying, let me in. When I see him hanging on the cross for our sins, I hear him saying yet again, let me in. And when I see him ascend to be with the Heavenly Father at the right hand of God, he's still saying to you, let me in. Let me transform you. Let me take the hate from you and make it love. I'm knocking at the door, and whosoever should let me in, I will sup with them and them with me.
ask and ye shall receive ask and it shall be given to each and every one of you today Christ is asking that question won't you let me in won't you invite me in to be with you to infill you to heal you to forgive you to love you to protect you I ask you today won't you let Jesus come into your life You know, as we end this year, 2021, and we begin anew in 2022, just shortly, a week away, I would pray that each and every one of you would, would just open your eyes, take those blinders off your eyes that the devil's put on you, and look deep, deep, deep into your soul. And there you will find Jesus knocking. There you will find, but you must release the love of God in your life. Let us not struggle through 2022 as we have in 2021. He said, I will give you life and life more abundantly. It's there for the asking. And he's there so that you're never alone. I know that someone's listening out there who had a horrible Christmas because they spent it alone. You listen to me, you're never alone with Jesus. You're never alone, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost to celebrate Christmas with you. Won't you start 2022 as a celebration of your life? A celebration of a new life with Christ. If you're tired of being alone, if you're tired of being down, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, I have the medicine you need. It's my Savior, Jesus Christ. I have the medicine. It's a blessing from God. And it is freely given. You don't need insurance. You don't need to pay cash. You just need to open that heart to Jesus. Won't you do that with me now? As we end 2021, don't go another moment past this. For truly, we know not when the Lord will come. Let's start out this brand new year by accepting Christ, repenting of our sins, and being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. It's a new life. It's a new life. Say this with me, Father. Say it with me, Father. In the name of Jesus, I come before you today, a humbled sinner, humbled by your majesty, to see you, to hear you, to know that you're in my heart, I release you, Lord God. I release you to come and infill me with the love of Jesus. And this is the important part. Lord, I am a sinner. Say it with me. Lord, I am a sinner. 
I have sinned against you and against others. And I ask your forgiveness as I repent right now. I turn away. That's what repent means. I turn away from my sins. And I come before your throne believing that Jesus died and was resurrected on that third day that I might live. I trust you, Lord. Infill me. Change me. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Listen, if you said that sincerely, I mean, I mean, listen, I mean sincerely said that prayer in faith, then my brother or my sister, I pray, Lord God, I pray, and I encourage you to find you a, a spirit-filled church, a Bible-believing church in your area. Open them doors as you just opened your heart and say, I am here to learn. I'm here and I need to be baptized for the remission of my sins in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And welcome. Welcome to the family of God. You are so loved. You are so special because you are a child of the King. Now may the Lord bless you, may he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you all the days. And I'll speak to you this Wednesday, just before the new year. Merry Christmas. God bless each and every one of you. We love having you. Bye for now. Go in peace.